On today's first round KO, we talk about April Madness. <laughs> I thought about that during the show. That's what I'm going to name the episode. Yeah. Boom. Beat you, NCAA. Um, yeah, we talk about the whole bracket, and then we talk about the Patriots, uh, specifically Rob Gronkowski, and then we talk about the Brewers, specifically Christian Yelich. Here we go, Yelich. Let's get it. Mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go. Welcome to the most busty or WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I'm your host, KOAK Howard J. Dingers, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J.D. Moore. I, uh, I have a question, actually. Yes? What is your thought process on me potentially doing... Almost in a weird spinoff of this and Bops Only, which that is actually technically a spinoff. Yes. Sub channel, sub thing, whatever you right. want to call it. Sub something. <laughs> what would you think if I went on YouTube and started doing my own personal music reviews, like album Ooh, reviews and stuff to them? That'd be cool. Because there is an album that I kind of do really want to talk about that recently dropped. And even though I don't know anything like super technical about the music, I think it would be fun to 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 give my reactions and stuff to it to certain music. Spoiler alert: in the event in the event you don't know me, and if you do, and you're just waiting for me to say it, yes, it is the new Billie Eilish album. But <clears throat> Billie Eilish, who's making, uh, who's going to be on NXT? Well, not on, but she her song will be NXT Takeover New which, York. Which one is it? Uh, See me in a crown. That makes sense because there technically is a crown in the NXT New York logo. Yeah. And so good get, that makes me want to watch it even more, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that's a great idea. Cool. Just it's literally just a time thing, right? Because I have like a bunch of projects, you know, filling out job applications and stuff like that, right? But I think a little bit more time has been gifted to me a little bit today, so or this week. Cool. So I might want to take care of that. I think that'd be a great idea. Well, that's gonna be the first thing that I talk about. More content. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna probably be the first thing I talk about, which is the Billie Eilish album. I mean, it's probably a good th- way to start. Honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking eventually about the Milwaukee Brewers hot start, and we're going to be talking about Gronkowski, but we're going to start off talking about the biggest thing because it's not March anymore, but March was crazy. I can't say. <laughs> yeah. Can't say the other words, but yeah. March was awesome. Basketball was awesome. And we have a full bracket to talk about. We are down to four teams, but last time we did a podcast, there were sixty-four teams. <laughs> so I, don't, I just kind of want to go talk about, go back and talk about the first couple of rounds, and eventually we'll get into the uh, elite eight and final four and all that stuff. But this was a super fun bracket this year. If fun means agonizing, it made me want to flip a, bil- a billion tables but for the most part yeah it was I, it was, it's this tournament was absolutely crazy it was awesome it was absolutely crazy and not to toot my own horn or anything <laughs> but i had four wrong in the first round okay i had three wrong in the second round okay and then i think i had only i think i had six of the or i had i 14 of the sweet 16 teams mm-hmm. correct but then in going into the Elite Eight, I don't remember exactly. I had a lot of the Elite Eight teams, but I did not pick any of the winners into the final. Literally, I don't have any of the Final Four You teams. don't have anyone in the Final Four? No one. Virginia, I had losing to Tennessee, mm-hmm. which that didn't even get to, that didn't even get to play. <laughs> or maybe, no, that's not even how that would have worked. Hold on. Oh, yeah, no, that is how it would have. Yeah, I had Virginia losing to Tennessee. I had... Kentucky beating UNC. <laughs> I had Gonzaga beating Michigan. And I had Duke beating Michigan State. 
<laughs> so oh. literally none of my teams are in it. Yet I, I finished second in the ba- in the 91-7 Battle Royal. And I finished first between us uh, for me, you, Kiz, and Zach, I think. Somehow. When did I join that bracket? I don't know if you did. Or maybe you didn't. I didn't. I was gonna say that's a bra- I, was, I was gonna say I know I filled out a bunch of brackets, but I didn't fill out that oh, one. Oh no, it's me, Kiz, Tom, and Zach. That's okay. why. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason why I'm winning first in the ninety-one-seven bracket is because I have Virginia <laughs> yep. in the final four. That was the one team I got right in the final four. And that would have bumped me up, but I went out on a limb with Tennessee. Why did I do that? <laughs> anyway. I tried to tell y'all. <sighs> I trust Tennessee. Purdue is just hot. Purdue is just a good team this year. Not, I, I didn't see that coming. That's for sure. I, I didn't. Um, the weirdest story of the, I think of the bracket was Duke. You know, having three close games. You know, obviously they took care of North Dakota State in the first round, but then they had the super close call against UCF. Yeah, where they honestly should have lost. UCF had two chances in the final seconds to yep. win the game on the buzzer beater um which is just unfortunate which and i i've i've been wanting to talk about that game because that game was just that that was just a bad matchup for duke ucf with tall guys like taco fall and the guy who was behind him when you run that zone against them which i going into that game said all they have to do is run that zone and they'll be able to run with duke because duke is ranked 311th in three-point percentage. They are an inside team, obviously. Zion drives all mm-hmm. game. So if you have a guy like Taco Fall who can contest all of those shots, their percentage is going to go way down, and it's going to be a good game. And it was. It was just a bad matchup for Duke. Then you look at the Virginia Tech game. I didn't get to watch a lot of that one. But, again, just a good matchup. They just let them shoot threes. It's a team that's seen them before. Exactly. They're in the same conference. Exactly. It's nothing that they haven't been pre-exposed to. Exactly. And they just let them shoot. They defended them inside, and they made a close game out of it. Virginia Tech almost tied it up to send it to overtime, and they didn't. They <laughs> That one just – that was awful. And Zion – I don't know what Zion was doing on defense on that. The, the tip-in, it was so weird. And then Michigan State. I've been saying it all tournament. If anyone's going to beat them, it's going that that's the best matchup. I think Gonzaga had the better matchup uh, if they both would have made it to that final four spot. But um, I think Gonzaga would have beat them 10 points. If, if they kept playing like that, you know, mm-hmm. Duke, they were just shooting themselves in the foot. But Michigan State, they've always been, in my mind, one of the teams that had the best chance to beat Duke. And it happened. Unfortunately, it is unfortunate because I mean you you knew that I also really wanted yeah. them to go far as well, but in all honesty, they deserve to lose. They really did. They deserve to lose. You don't have that close of a call two games in a row for real in the NCAA tournament. Be that lucky, and then expect to make it into the Final Four and things get easier. In my opinion. Yeah. As badly as I wanted Duke to win, they deserve to lose. Like, luck had to have run out. There was no way a, a team can get that lucky. Yeah. And I know the tournament is is basically it's a game. It's a tournament of luck. It's a tournament of who's the hottest team. It's a tournament of literally the ball just has to bounce quite literally bounce the wrong way on the rim or somewhere mm-hmm. on the court. But Duke should have lost against UCF. Yep. I mean, they they, they should have been – they should have been pushed. They really should have been pushed into OT yeah. by VT. They deserve to lose, and it sucks because I again I wanted them to I wanted them to win, but they shot themselves in, into the foot too many times. The key word that you said before we started recording was complacency, mm-hmm. and I think they got too complacent. I think they I think even with uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not, it can be arguably said. Actually, no, no, it's probably second greatest college basketball coach of all time behind uh, Wooden. In the form of Coach K. There's an argument. Yeah, there's definitely an argument there. But I think with all that, I think all those kids, you know, it's thought, like, hey, we're Duke. We basically got the number one recruiting class. We got all these mega. They had the top, they had the top 
four recruits. Basically, I, think. I mean, we're, I was like exactly like I that. know they had the top, the top three recruits. Right. I think they had four. Let's say four of the t- four, five out of the yeah. top ten of the NBA yeah. draft are gonna be coming from mm-hmm. Duke. You know, I think they kind of, in a way, rested on their laurels. And what happened when you have a team like Michigan State? For for whatever reason, I felt like even though they're Michigan State and they're coached by Tom Izzo and have a lot of talent there, and I'm just petty because I just really, really really hate Michigan State because of a certain someone well, and, if, and if you're and if you're that certain someone listening and you know who you are oops sorry I just subtweeted the hell out of you but well, anyway. I mean Izzo's eight and two in the final four exactly or in like, the elite eight I mean. exactly and yet I still feel like he was not getting Michigan State was not getting a whole lot of love in this tournament no. because of everyone else and so when you combine that with a team that's not getting a lot of love versus a team that should have lost twice this should have happened yeah, it should have happened. Looking at it as objectively possible, as I, you know, as a, as obje- as objectively as I possibly can right now, this, you know, when I take out the fact that I had Duke and winning in like three, four of my brackets, take out the fact that I really like a lot of those kids in the du- uh on that Duke team, take out the fact that I wanted the my plans to order a Zion jersey are still, you know, still in place. This should have happened, and it did happen, and I feel bad. Because, I mean, a lot of those players were were obviously crushed. Yeah. But this should have happened. This should have happened. They they limped into that Elite yeah. Eight game. And what happens when you when you limp into a, into a fight against somebody who is just raring to go mm-hmm. and ready to sock you in the Hot. face? You're going to get socked in the face. And that's what happened. They won, by, they won by 11, and then they won by 20, and then they won by 17. Duke won by, you know... 23, but then they won by one, and then yep. they won by two. Yep. This, this should have happened. Duke. And what happened should have happened. Duke was complacent. They it's, were. That's the only, that's the best word I can come with this, because not only was the rest of the team just sitting there waiting for the other three, you know, being Cam, RJ, and, and Zion, mm-hmm. just sitting, wanting them to be like, all right, you guys are the best three players in college basketball. Go, do, yeah, do go something. Do, go right. do something. I think – Two of at, at every time, two of the three were sitting there looking at the other one, saying, "All right, now it's your turn. Now it's mm-hmm. your turn." Instead of playing team ball, they were all just like, "All right, now it's Zion." It was turn. a lot now of it's Cam. It was turn. a lot of individual. It was like yeah. it was turn based hero ball. It was literally turn based hero ball, and <sighs> you can't play. Memphis didn't win with hero ball when Derrick Rose was there. Kansas they had Mario Chalmers, but they played a lot of team ball. Yeah, Villanova, hell of a lot of team ball. Kentucky very much landed on Anthony Davis, but <laughs> they did. They did. They leaned a lot. They leaned on Anthony Davis, but they had a lot. But the talent around them, they they made it work. Yeah, like they realized that. Oh, a- AD is being completely blanketed. Have him kick it out. Let's not have him try to be Superman down there. Yeah, this, it, this is a recipe for disaster when you play hero ball, whether it's one, two, th- or three people in the case of Duke. Yeah, exactly. So I. I th- you're right because of the way that they were playing in this bre- in this in this tournament this should have happened but it shouldn't have happened it shouldn't have because they have the greatest the, the best current coach in college basketball yeah they have that. the best arguably the best college basketball player that we've ever seen the argument can be made and they had including him they had the top 3 or 4 recruits and the team that was already there weren't any slouches either. And I think they I think they heard everyone. They saw that 50% of people picked them to win. Mm-hmm. They saw that they were the favorites. They were the number one overall seed. They said, we're just going to win. We're just going to show up and win. We're Duke. We got yeah. this in the bag. We got Zion. We got RJ. We got Cam. We Which got I Coach think K. happens Let's go. a lot of years with Duke. I think, they I think just that's happened up. a lot of those years when they lost yeah. in the first two rounds. Exactly. I They're think just like, they, we're Duke. We're going to do it. And we then show they up don't and do we'll it. win. Yep. And they just don't. The other teams outplay them. And I think that's what happened with Michigan State. Um, uh, what other teams? What other big stories do we have here? That one kid on Purdue who just can hit anything that the light touches. Yeah, that kid is incredible. We need to We need to look in. I need to know his Number name. Number 14, I believe, is was his number? I need. Let's see here. Do 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 do. Edwards. Oh, him too. Carson but, Edwards. Yeah, him too. He was good, but the other kid. Who who's the other kid? Wasn't Edwards the one who was? No, he was he was going he was going off. Edwards is the one that dropped fifty two. Yeah, something. Yeah, but no, it was the it was the kid against the Michigan game. Uh, 
the white kid, number 14, who liter- literally anything the light touches, he oh, can hit a three oh, from there. Oh, oh. Him. Matt Painter. Is that him? Boilermakers had an advance in four tries under. Oh, no, that's the coach. But, yeah, that's the coach. Yeah, Carson Edwards is. He's going to be a pro. He, that kid is going to be an absolute scoring machine in the league. Yeah. That kid's going to be – he's going to be good. He's going to go first round, I think, especially after – Oh, this tournament guaranteed yeah. him a first-round pick. Uh, it might have guaranteed him going lotto, honestly. Yeah. I think Carson Edwards is going to be good. Yeah, it might have pushed him into the top ten. We'll see. I mean, obviously, it depends on needs and order of the draft here, but – And who who trades in and all that. I'm still convinced – I think jo- another person who uh, upped his stock is John Morant. John Morant was always going to be a top five pick in my mind. I agree, but I he think – He was always going to be think top with this, five. I think with his tournament play, I think he pushed himself to number two. Two or three, yeah. I really do. I, I mean, I don't know who you could pick RJ before him, but RJ didn't impress me in this tournament. RJ was pissing me off in this tournament, to be honest. RJ was the third best player on that court. I think Cam Reddish, even Cam Reddish playing through an injury, he missed, I think he missed the VTech game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but he put, he came back for Michigan State. Even Cam Reddish wasn't more impressive to me than RJ Barrett. And obviously Zion was the best player uh, in my mind. I think Zion's going one. But I think, I think John Morant, especially with that triple-double in the first round against Marquette, he... He really pushed up his stock. I think he's going to go number two. Whoever ends up, obviously, again, depends on who is at number two and what they need. But it's going to be – I think it's going to be good. Uh, I think he's definitely going to go two. Um, Auburn. <laughs> Where did they come from? Like, you know, in all honesty, though, I'm so happy for them. Because, yeah. I mean, obviously, first Final Four in history. But, you know, but Bruce Pearl has always been a really good head coach in college basketball. That's very true. He's been one of the most underappreciated coaches, you know, leading those Tennessee teams to to uh, to deep runs in the tournament and whatnot. So Bruce Pearl is one hell of a coach. But what this does, and this benefits Auburn in the long run, having a coach like Bruce Pearl and having this run with the players that he had, this, this kind of starts to erase the whole – Auburn's just a football school thing. And that's going to help them so much getting recruits and in an SEC where Kentucky's king mm-hmm. and you st- and Tennessee is, again, is really starting to come back into it. Mm-hmm. This is going to help them so much. And I, that that's great. And they have the right guy at the head coach position to lead them, to help them completely eradicate that Auburn is just a football school mentality. This is awesome. I personally want them, I want them to make it in the national title game. I really do. They're gonna have a tough time against UVA. They will, but I mean, this is this is a UVA team that also literally struggled until the second half of this year to put away yet another 16 seed. True. Yeah. I if there's anything that these last couple of years have taught me about Virginia is that as much as I want to trust them, they can't fully be trusted. I'm I'm gonna I, they're the team I'm pulling for here. Virginia or Auburn? Virginia, just because uh, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett's a, fun, yeah. a fantastic head coach. And he's from Wisconsin. So I did not know that. His dad was Dick Bennett, the basketball coach. The I don't Wisconsin, know Dick Yeah, is. the legendary uh, Wisconsin basketball coach. Really? Yes. Okay. And I I don't know if he played here or whatever, but, yeah, he's from Wisconsin, okay. and he has he, well, that's, well, that's coached a, in a couple of places. I was going to say, that's yeah. a history lesson for me. Cause, yeah. I mean, obviously, again, I'm, I've only been in the state for five years out of my right. life. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm going for Virginia. I mean, I wouldn't mind Michigan State. I – they're the lesser of two evils coming out of Michigan for me, and I respect the hell out of Tom Izzo. So if it wasn't if it wasn't for name who shall not right. be said, I'd be a little bit more. Usually, I am a fan of Michigan State. Now I just want them to just suffer every time. So. Fair, yeah, yeah. I'm petty. What about it, people? And the team we haven't brought up yet, the I, you know, besides Auburn, one of the real shocks to make it into this the Final Four. Texas Tech. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> a three seed beating Gonzaga after they beat Michigan. I remember going on record saying that I don't saying that maybe it was because I just my lack of knowledge, but I was just like, I just remember saying I was like, when did they deserve yeah. to be a three seed? Yeah, everyone was like, oh, Texas Tech is a three seed. That's really cool. And now they're sitting in the, the final, final four. four. Yep. Like, it's incredible. I think I think it's a great story for them. Yeah, so um, I'm rooting for the underdogs here, I don't, clearly. That's not – like, you're right with Auburn. They have this good coach, and I think this is going to help them. I don't know if that 
it's weird because it almost doesn't feel like that has this that it'll have the same effect on Texas Tech. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I was gonna say that's the very first thing that pops in, into my mind with Auburn. Yeah. With Texas Tech, I'm kind of like, huh? Okay. Like, it's cool. Like, All right, cool. <laughs> right. You're having kind of like a little Cinderella run as a three seed. Right. I was like, I can't believe I'm calling a three seed a Cinderella. <laughs> exactly. But if you think about they're it, they're not even the lowest seed. They're not. But if you think about it, they're quite literally the Cinderella. It's super interesting, though. I love it. Uh, I don't like Gonzaga, so I'm glad that they beat them. Ditto. Uh, I thought Michigan was very overrated at, at that number two seed. Uh, and, so, and I don't like the Wolverines, so I was very happy with that. They beat Florida. I I love it all. So it's just it's super interesting. And I going back to Auburn, I think it's awesome because Auburn got swept by Kentucky in the regular season, mm-hmm. and then you come in in the Elite Eight and you beat them. I think that's awesome. That's incredible. I think that I think I saw that that is the first time that a team lost two and zero to a divisional or to a conference team. And then beat them in the NCAA tournament. They deserve it. That's so cool. That is. So cool. That's That right there is good coaching. That's all that is. Bruce Pearl. Yeah. I'm telling you. The most un- I think the I most I mean, not taking away anything from the players, but right. that is, that's now, coaching I, at its now best. Now, maybe I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar as to why he left Tennessee. I don't know if it was bad years. I don't know if it was, an NC, if it was another one of those NCAA investigations. I, I want to say it was the latter of the two because I think there were a couple fishy things there. Right. But. That's a damn good head coach. I'd say. That is a damn good head coach where he can take his play, have his players learn from that. And then in probably one of their biggest games at the time, now obviously they're going to be the biggest games game of their career, like go in there and be like, you know what? This team made us punks in the regular season and their run here and Calipari's run here. Can we also talk about the other, I mean, all three teams that they have beaten in the last three rounds? They beat Kansas. Which I loved because I hate Kansas. They handed it to Kansas. Talking about handing, then they beat North Carolina, which is great because I hate North Carolina. I hate them with a passion, so yes. <laughs> and then they beat Kentucky. They beat Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky. Three NCAA tournament powerhouses. That's incredible. I'm gonna say most pe- most teams don't e- don't see them until the Elite Eight, or at least or yeah, at least the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight, or maybe the Final Four. Yeah. They ran. They essentially ran a gauntlet match against three of the most notable NCAA tournament teams and crushed them. Crushed them. They beat Kansas by 14, they beat North Carolina by 17, and they beat Kentucky by 6 after being crushed by Kentucky in the regular season. Like, that's just incredible. That, that, Auburn, that's my team going forward, man. I mean, I wouldn't – I can't I, even be I, – I want whoever out of the south or the, you know, the left – the right side of the bracket, uh, either Virginia or Auburn, whoever wins that game, I'm cheering for. That's fair. I honestly, if some, um, if you're listening, I to can't this, even be mad at any of these teams. Can you imagine if Texas Tech won? <laughs> that I'll would be, be incredible. I'll be happy because that means Michigan State ain't winning. Fair. I and personally, I don't have. I, I literally, I have nothing against Michigan I State, know. but the person who was attached right. to them. But for me, I'm fine with any four of these teams. I really am. I'm not. I'm not emotionally invested in any of them except for Virginia because of Tony Bennett. That's it. And even that, I'm not. It's not a huge following because they're an ACC team. So I'm normally not. A, I'm not. I'm normally against them, being a Duke fan. But I. This is awesome. I. I'm so excited for this weekend and these final three games. It's going to be incredible. I can't. I just. I can't wait. I really can't. I think if we do do an episode on Thursday, which we'll talk about at the end of the. We have a weird schedule this week. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. But if we do, I think we can do official predictions if we get there. But if not, we can just throw them up on Twitter or something. Um, let's see here. We can talk about some first-round UC Irvine. Called that. Mad that Cal, pick, Cal made us pick. Um, who was it? Uh, Belmont over Maryland. I'm so mad that he talked me into that. Oh, I'm so mad about that one. Fucking Cal. Um, what else happened? There, there weren't too many, like, huge upsets in the first round. Not that I remember, at least. Sit, yeah, Villanova. Oregon over Wisconsin, I called, unfortunately. <laughs> I tried to tell y'all. I tried. I mean, I, call, I, I picked you, it. You, you called it, but I, everyone else was like, oh, no, Wisconsin can do it. And I'm just like, okay. 
I'm like, okay. I was like, that is the most undeserving five seed I've ever seen. But, but okay. We didn't have – there were no 15s. There were no 16s, obviously. Like, I'm pretty sure all the ones and twos made it to the sweet 16, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the threes – and if the threes lost, it was to a four. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's it's super weird. This was a pretty straightforward year. Yeah, I'd say so. And there, we had the first ever bracket perfect through the Sweet 16. Awesome. And that got crushed by Purdue over Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, only 0.2% of all brackets have this fa- Final Four. Huh. 0.2. I'm surprised there's even any brackets with this Final Four. Ditto. The, the, it's such a... Such an interesting Final Four. It's like such an interesting way that we've gotten to this. You know, Michigan didn't get there. Gonzaga didn't get there. LSU, Duke, Mm -hmm. like all of these teams. Purdue, who just got hot, didn't get there. North Carolina, who were a lot of people's picks. It's super weird. None of the powerhouses. I mean, you you could make an argument that Michigan State's a powerhouse. Yeah, you can. But they're... For as far as the tournament goes, but they're the only ones that's really there, and no one thought that they were going to get there because everyone thought Duke was going to beat it. I I just love I I love this tournament every year. It's so fun, and now I can't wait for the final four. You have any? Do you? So you're you're riding with Auburn. Do you think Auburn's going to win? No. <laughs> Who do you? Think I don't really going? necessarily have a team that I'm riding with. I can just tell you a team that I just don't want to win, and that's Michigan Fair. State. Who do you think is going to win? Who do I think is going Unbiased to win? Unbiased opinions. All? Who's gonna? Who would I think is gonna win yeah. it all? Michigan State. Really? I, I think they're the. I think they're the best equipped team right now. Fair enough. Even and that's saying something considering Virginia's still in it. But yeah. I honestly do think it's gonna be Michigan State versus Virginia. But I want to be wrong. I really, you really see Texas Tech versus Auburn. I kind of <laughs> do. I kind of really do. Imagine greatest Final Four ever. Oh my god! Greatest national championship game ever. No, I personally, I would very much like to see Virginia beat Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm rooting for. I, 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 you think you think I wouldn't be okay with that? I'd be more than okay with that. I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn beats Virginia. Like that, I would not. The way Auburn's playing right now, they. We literally just got off talking about how they just ran a gauntlet, basically. Can you what's, imagine? What's one more? Let, let's just hypothetically Hypothetically. Here. Let's do it, yeah. This would be their road. They would beat New Mexico State. Okay. Kansas. Ding. North Carolina. Ding. Kentucky. Ding. Virginia. Ding. And if and, and potentially Michigan, Michigan State. State. Team of destiny. That's just incredible. Like, that, that's not. <laughs> okay. If we're talking hypotheticals here. If that were to happen, if they beat Virginia, if they beat Virginia, and then they go in, that's one the of the best championship games. That's one of the best and runs if, ever. And if they beat, and if they beat Michigan State, if they make it, scratch one of the best ever. I'm gonna go right now and say if that happens, that is the best run in NCAA tournament history. It's got to be up there. It is the best. You can't tell me you run through all those tournament powerhouses yeah. in the last decade and crush half Literally of them. Literally, their last five. T- there's. Best turn if they do it, greatest team, greatest team to make a run like that ever. Book it right it's now. Not like, it's not like a four or five who runs into all of these lesser teams, right? You know, who run into Nevada, who run into Iona, mm-hmm. Utah State. They're, they're not running into these teams who just won an upset and now they're in this game that they should right. be. Right. They're playing against these powerhouses. Teams that have quite literally won at least one national championship. In the last 10 years, if not – I mean, that's why I said at least one. I mean, yeah, one. Kansas. Kansas won. Yep. We, we know that. North Carolina has yep. been there the last couple years. Virginia's been there. Of course, Kentucky. Yep. Virginia. Michigan State, we know. Yep. That's just incredible. I'm telling you, if Auburn beats Virginia and if Michigan State beats Texas Tech and Auburn beats Michigan State in the national championship game, greatest run ever. I kinda, ever. This is what I'm saying. Whoever wins that Virginia-Auburn game, I want to that's, win. Yep. I'm kind of, I think I'm going with you on this one. I want that right side of the bracket. But then again, I wouldn't be upset with Michigan State either. Or Texas. I literally am not going to be upset with anyone. Because if Texas Tech wins, mm-hmm. what? 
That'll be awesome. You're honest. If Michigan State wins, I'll be happy because someone else will be happy, so that'll be good. Virginia, I'm happy for Tony Bennett. That'll be awesome. Auburn would be an incredible story. This is turning out to be a great tournament. Are you going to watch those Michigan State games with her, by the way? Most likely. What are they, this weekend? Four, six. Hey, anyone got Texas Tech gear and Auburn gear? I need it for a week. I need it for a week. Oh, we, oh, we're going to be at the Brewer game. You got a phone. True. Download the, download the app. I already have the app. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have YouTube TV. There, there you go. You'll All be right. fine. All right. Enough of the bracket. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk briefly about the Patriots, and we're going to talk about the Brewers. Yee. Yee. All right, we're back. And so, Patriots. Yes. Lost, arguably, I'm not going to say the best. He's the second best of all time. He's the second best of all time. Tony Gonzalez. And no one was like... Tony Gonzalez will always be the best tight end. I want to say rings do not matter in the argument. I hate people who solely base it off rings. But, but continue. But the second best tight end of all time, arguably, uh, Rob Gronkowski reportedly is retiring. Some people don't believe it, uh, a la his quarterback, Tom Brady, who responded. It showed stats of how many touchdowns Tom Brady's receivers has caught from him. And Gronk's is number one above Randy Moss at 78. And – Tom Brady replied to it on Instagram saying, hopefully 78 isn't the, le- isn't the final number. So some people think this isn't happening. I f- think it is. I 100% think that he's <laughs> – He can barely move I was gonna say, as the, far as football goes. The last few years he's been taking such a beating with some of those injuries and everything. I mean, his arm basically looks like a, a bionic arm with that brace on it. I think the biggest thing is his legs. Oh, yeah. Because of – all of the new rules that have rightly been changed to not hitting in the head and everything. Mm-hmm. You're not – everyone knows that you have to tackle Gronk at his legs. You have to tackle big guys like that at their legs. Oh, yeah. Which is unfortunate because now he's got a lot of leg issues and I mean, a lot of big tore, guys He do. tore an ACL, didn't he? Exactly. He took a nasty it, shot to the knee. It's unfortunate. It's better than the alternative as far as head injuries. Right, where people will just spear him to death. Yes. So – it's a better alternative. It's not a great alternative, but that's Correct. that's where we are in the NFL right now. You have to tackle at the legs for these big guys. I just don't think he's physically capable of, even if he stays, being that elite tight end anymore. Like, yeah, you can still throw it up to him, and he's going to catch it most of the time. Right. No, he's an absolute physical specimen. But as far but... as, like, running routes and everything and yards after catch, like – He's a physical specimen that's yeah. taken too much of a beating, and he's going into his— He's only 29. Yeah, yeah, he's going into his age 30 year, and I know I've beat a dead horse when I say this, but the age of 30 is kind of the death year Unless you're playing NFL. Unless you're playing at 85. This is very true, <laughs> or in the event if, or if you're Tom Brady. Well, But for the most part— Tom Brady for, hasn't been touched in three years. True. For the most part, most positions like that, the tight end position— for God's sake, the running back position well, yeah. and the wide receiver position, but especially a guy like Gronk, how many more of those hits can he take? Exactly. Because literally, you it takes an entire army to bring him down. I think, and he was flirting about retirement the last couple of years. So I think this, I think this is the best time to do it. You mm-hmm. go out, you go out on top. You got your super, you got another Super Bowl. You yeah. know, you like your legacy cemented at this point. You're one. Like people are talking, talking him about he's. The greatest tight end, tight end of all time, which again, in my opinion, I don't think he is. He's he's defi- he is definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, the second greatest tight end yes. in the history of this game. Mm-hmm. The legacy cemented. Why put your you know he's young enough where he can still do other other avenues. You know he has his cruise line and everything like that that he de- that he has the, the Gronk cruise. You know he has a whole bunch of other endorsement things, TV shows that he's a producer of. You know there's talks of him being potentially involved in the WWE as well. And he's at a good enough age at 30 where he can go into all these other avenues and still have a, re- a relatively healthy body. Why put your body to th- through that much more abuse? You've accomplished almost everything there is to do in the NFL. And obviously the Patriots see that this is most likely happening too. They placed him on the uh, reserved retired list mm-hmm. um, to clear his cap space off of there. Um, I think that this is perfect timing for him. 
because of what you mentioned, his connection with the WWE. Because WWE is looking for stars because of the Fox deal. Even though they, even though I still believe they should just build from within. They're, but they're looking for mainstream stars. They can, mainstream they, media. They have some within, but I do. Who? I get what you. They have Ronda. They've buried Who's quite. A, they've buried quite a few mainstream media stars. Mainstream mainstream media stars. As far as people who reach outside of the wrestling community. As far as people who like maybe don't necessarily know the WWE, then yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's. But what for I, those who. That's what I mean when I say who, mainstream. Okay, media. Yeah, yeah. I meant, but I'm talking about like for those who like kind of well, have a decent knowledge. You know where some of the lots of like Finn and the others. Well, yeah, no, that, obviously, but. I'm just saying they are looking for people who will appeal to the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And because of because of the Fox deal and because of their controversial contract with Saudi Arabia, they have money. <laughs> so oh, Lord, they, they can go money. get people like a Gronkowski. They can go get people like a Conor McGregor, who's also now being reported. They can go get someone like John Jones to do commentary, which is also being reported. Right. John Jones is also saying stuff about how he's going to cost Brock Lesnar at Mania and stuff like that. I That'd be an interesting angle. But yeah, I don't. I think it's a perfect storm for Gronk. He's already got the connection where yeah. he appeared two years ago. Two years ago at WrestleMania 33 and helped his buddy Mojo win the armbar. And now, now he, I think, now that he's retiring, he can free up some space. He's already, he's already been doing promotional stuff with WWE. Like he was in one of their pictures. Uh, I don't remember what it was promoting, but he was there with a couple other people. Like I said, he's got the connection with Mojo. WrestleMania season's coming up. He can appear there sometime. He can be in the crowd like Ronda did a couple years ago. He can sign, and he can eventually train. He can do something. I think it's perfect time. And he, he's got the personality for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about his talking skills, but, you know. I'm sure he can, sure he can do it. You can always throw a mouthpiece on him. I, I think this is perfect timing for him. WWE has the money, and they need they need guys like him. I oh, think yeah. he's going to WWE. I really do. If he's going to do anything else, as far as that, and not just retire, like he could, he could just retire and do endorsements and stuff. I think he's got enough money, and he can get enough oh, money easily, with endorsements yeah. and commercials and stuff. But I think if he wants to continue being active and doing something that he loves, I think WWE is a great spot for him, and it's perfect timing for him. So. I'm glad that he's retiring, <laughs> mostly because I believe this is the first domino to fall in the Patriots dynasty. Oh, yeah. I feel like if there was a domino that had to be the mm-hmm. first one to fall, it, Gronk was going to be the first mm-hmm. one. <laughs> did you see, because we are recording this on Monday, April 1st, did you see Tom Brady's tweet today? I did. <laughs> I did. He said, I'm retiring. It's all done. Goodbye. Obviously, it's April Fool's. <laughs> I've seen a couple couple things that almost got me today as far as april fools uh there was a fake report that devin booker wanted out of phoenix and he wanted to go to new york <laughs> there was colin kaepernick signing with the dolphins i thought that was that one almost got me for a second but not really um, yeah i saw that i was like that's a joke yeah there's been a couple so it's been oh oh what was one of them oh Ninety-one seven, the edge. Did you see their Instagram post? Yeah, that's that, that's always what they do. <laughs> that one really, that one. I mean, it didn't get me. I was like, why are they? I was more confused than anything. <laughs> I was like, why are they posting this? Because well, I was they, like, is this an old post that's just popping? Well, nope, they, it's from today. What? I was congratulations. so congratulations. They they got you. They got. That is exactly what we were aiming for. And just we, for the and confusion. We got your ass. Good. We I, got your. It ass. was. I think it was great because then it was literally the hashtag was check your calendar and I was like. Oh, duh. <laughs> I was so stupid, but I actually loved it. Um, yeah. So I, I'm i very much hoping that this is the, the beginning of the fall oh, for the, the Patriots. Pa- oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. It has to be. I don't see how it yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Because not only is now Brady's losing Gronkowski, Julian Edelman's contract is up after this year. Mm-hmm. Brady's not getting any younger. No. Belichick, Belichick's ready to leave. Belichick is ready to leave every year because of this. Ro- and the Robert Kraft stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. I think it's finally time. It's starting to happen. I'm declaring this the beginning of the fall of the Patriots dynasty. I'm not. You're not going to get any arguments from me because I completely 100% agree. I know it's been said a lot. 
Yeah, I think good it's lord, have we said this a I lot. I think this is actually the start. Oh my of it. goodness. All right. Final topic I want to talk about today. Yeah, let's do it. The Brewers are incredible. <laughs> They're such a fun team. They are. And not only just the Brewers, but Christian Yelich. There's a tweet that I saw yesterday talking about like how what we're witnessing right now and what we just what we've just been witnessing the past few months of baseball season is just borderline unprecedented. Yeah. And it kind of what we're witnessing is something truly special. Yeah. Like there is a reason why Miami really liked this guy and why he was one of the top prospects. But my goodness. Like it's one of those things where even when you watch him on TV, like you're like, "Oh wow, this 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 dude's good." But it's one of those things where you have to like sit there, be like in the area and just watch it. And there's All right. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and a lot of people can call me biased with this because the Brewers as I was uh I told uh, our friend uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler Job. Yeah. I told him that the Brewers have like I mean last year was pretty much unofficial, but re- honestly recently they've pretty much officially ascended to the amount of love that I have for the White Sox. Right. So yeah, they're they're which one it's, it's one A, one B, my two yeah. favorite teams right now. Fair. I've seen Derek Jeter play mm-hmm. live. Which That's I'm, gotta be incredible. Oh my I can't even it was only once He's one of my favorite players. It was only time. once and it was in his retirement year, but still like but basically what I'm saying is this. There's certain players where you see them live in a certain sport and they perform where there's just this buzz. Where if they're anywhere around the play or the ball or anything there's this weird feeling you get where you're just like something magical what could happen mm-hmm. and you don't want to blink or you don't want to put your put your head down or look away because at the blink of an eye, something magical for happen. In basketball, it's LeBron James, it's Steph Curry and all that. In football, it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Patty Mahomes, uh, <clears throat> Tony Brown. the list could go on. In baseball, easily Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Easily Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, you know, for a while it was Miggy Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, for a, for a long while, you know, pitching wise, Max Scherzer and everything like that. Yes. Verlander. My, Verlander. You know, half the entire Houston Astros roster, <laughs> the entire Boston Red Sox roster. You know, yeah. Stanton. Ju- the list could go yeah. on. You know, but you know, must see. You have to. You don't want to look right. away talent. In my opinion, in that upper echelon of the tier of you don't want to look away because something awesome could happen in the Mike Trout. Uh, Bryce Harper, maybe a couple others in that tier. In the last few months of major league of like just baseball action, Christian Yelich, in my opinion, has ascended to that level. And if not, if if he's not tier one, like Harper Trout must must see attraction level, he is right on the cusp of that tier. Because mm-hmm. you cannot tell me, no one can legitimately tell me that what he has been doing and how he literally put that team on his back at the end of last season and what he's been doing at the start of this season in four just games continuing it, yeah. in four games just <clears throat> when you think oh he can't get as he can't be that good he's almost looking better than he did no one can tell me that he's not knocking on that door of must see attraction it's impossible it yeah, is Im- yeah. he is becoming a league superstar yeah if not already is, and it is magical to see. It is absolutely magical. And not only that, but he has already become that guy in Milwaukee. Yeah. And he's been here for a season and four games. Yep, a season and four games, and people are putting him mm -hmm. in that pedestal that Braun and Fielder Mm -hmm. were for the longest time. And it's it's not just the play on the field. No. This man has embedded himself in the Milwaukee community, yep. in the Wisconsin community. He's just a great guy. Yeah, he he's doing everything right to make himself already a living legend mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. It's incredible. It, it, it's just, and and to look at his stats, his stats just blow my mind for these four four games. First of all, he has hit a home run in each of the four games. There are six people to ever do that in history. I can't remember. I I know a lot of the names off the top of my head. I don't think I'd give them all. I know Mark McGuire's on that list. Nelson Cruz. I think Willie Mays was on that. Willie list. Willie Mays was the first Cause one. Because yep. they showed it on the on the uh, scoreboard and everything too. Nelson Cruz, uh, Chris Davis of the Orioles. Yep. Oh yeah, but anyway, there's six people that ever do it. Yelich is the only person to have won an MVP and then do this in the next season. 
He's the only MVP to do that in the next season. Mm-hmm. If he can hit a home run tonight, <laughs> he will set that record for five straight games. That's incredible in itself. Yep. He's already setting records. But the man is batting 500 this year already. I mean, it's only four games, but he's batting 500. He has six hits. Four of those are home runs. <laughs> One of them was that walk-off double last night. Yep. He, how many times has he been walked already? Like he had three walks last night. And he went I think two for two with five or with three walks. And there's been a couple intentional walks in his yeah. first four games. One, too. Yeah, one of them being last night. Yep. But the man has eight RBIs already. Eight RBIs. The dude is just incredible. He's playing out of his mind already. Mm-hmm. It, and and not only is Gallich playing out of his mind, but this whole team. Lorenzo Cain, he scored that winning run last night. Ben Gamble comes off the bench and, and he just hits rips that, rips that, rips that double. double. Yeah. Lorenzo Cain robbed the home run to end the first game of the season. Is, this team's just it, magic. It's We're magical. hitting home runs everywhere. Yeah. Mike Moustakis brought him back. Now he's got two home runs already. Mm-hmm. Ryan Braun's already hitting home runs. Yep. Travis Shaw hit one off the scoreboard. Yep. This team is incredible. This is a fun baseball team. And Base- taking taking three out of four against St. Louis, a team greatly improved. A team got- that a lot of people, you know, you, we saw the preseason predictions. Everyone's putting the Cardinals or Cubs as a 1A, 1B and predicting the Brewers a drop. I saw one where the Cubs were dead last in the division. So did I. I saw that. that <laughs> but the Cardinals, they added Goldschmidt, who ripped us for four home runs, three mm-hmm. of them in one game, to be fair. But they got Goldschmidt. They got Andrew Miller out of the pen. Yep. Who Yelich took deep in one of the games. Yep. The like they added so much to this already talented roster. They have Harrison Bader. They have DeJong. They have Carpenter. They have Molina, who yet is aging but is still playing well. So he's it's Yadi Molina. And we took three out of four against them. Uh-huh. That I mean, that's more than I expected. I I figured a split in this first season or in this first series. Taking three out of four against them is going to be huge. Not only you know just in standings, but in the race because just, yeah. this central race is going to be close. I this team is just so entertaining and so fun. They all have their. We already have. We got the. What are they called? The, the are we are we calling them the dazzle fingers? The, the dazzle fingers. We got that coming back already. We already got Locaine saying not today, and everyone. Mm-hmm. Brent Suter's making music again. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a, it's a good time. It's the, just a good time yeah. to be a fan of this team. It it if you're not a fan of the Brewers. You just if, at least if you're a fan of base if you're a fan of just fun if, good yeah. baseball if you're not a fan of the Brewers but you're a fan of baseball just watch a game every once in a while because Honestly. this team is just fun to watch we have a lot of young pitchers now who are trying to prove themselves Burns striking out Corbin Burns twelve man. I mean granted he gave up the long balls but but that's gonna happen he's yeah. a strikeout pitcher yeah he's gonna he, throw he's gonna a lot put of strikes in the in the zone exactly yeah. so that's gonna happen like that's it's not necessarily excusable, but it's it it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Twelve strikeouts, you're going to give up a couple hits and a couple runs. It, oh yeah, it's just going to happen. Um, which fun fact, not only does he have uh, twelve strikeouts, but Hader has nine, I believe, mm-hmm. through four games. Well, through three games, he didn't even pitch yesterday. The Pittsburgh Pirates, <laughs> as a team, mm-hmm. have eight strikeouts. <laughs> wow Corbin Burns outdid them in three innings yesterday oh my goodness <laughs> but I'm yeah and I think Freddie Peralta had a rough start I think he's gonna he's only gonna go up mm-hmm. we just have got and we have Suter who could we could throw in the starting rotation yeah we have Jimmy Nelson who's gonna be coming back we have Chase Anderson who's moved to the bullpen now but he could eventually come back to the I start. was gonna say he he's a very flexible arm to have yeah i think there's potential i really do think that there's potential in the starting lineup for someone to step up even a couple guys to step up because we have so many names now i just i i have a really good feeling about this brewers team and there are still some big fishes out there in free agency too that could put them over the top and that's the big thing kimbrell still kimbrell because we cory kniebel is going to be out for the year he has to have tommy john surgery yep we have Hader in that closer role right now, which yep. is fine. I, I I'm perfectly okay with that because honestly, he can come in, he can come in and pitch eight nine and get the save. That's fine. That could honestly boost his, his save stats too because if we're up four, <laughs> he, could, he could get that save uh, through that too. But Jeffress is banged up with the shoulder. Mm-hmm. 
our bullpen isn't as strong as it was last year, which obviously we loaded up halfway through the season. So I was gonna say, yeah, you guys, we'll probably you guys do that. Went in. We'll probably do that again. I we, it's almost at a point where we kind of need to get Kimbrel. Like before, it was like, look at Kimbrel. If we add him, we have four potential closers. Now we add Kimbrel, and it's like, okay, we have two bona fide closers and one a that's, world champ one one that well i mean i i mean in hater and kimbrel yeah right and then you have jeffress who's a little banged up and honestly inconsistent at the closer role yeah he's much better in in just the late setup guy but you have him but he's banged up and now you lose kniebel now it's almost like you like kimbrel is a missing piece of that puzzle that we almost need as far as pitching goes to get that bona fide guy who's he has records. I think I think won I was gonna say I think it would be great for the Brewers to get him because he as untouchable and as Hater has looked, teams will figure him out. Teams eventually figured out a role as Chapman, and when they did, they lit him up like a tree. Hater, did you see Hater save from Saturday? I did. Nine immaculate inning. Nine pitches. Nine, nine strikes, strikes. Three strikeouts. Three strikeouts. Immaculate, immaculate inning for the save. Yes, and we saw it last season. He gets figured out every once in a while. I think. I personally think he needs to start like early in the season. It's fine to just be throwing those ninety-eight mile an hour fastballs, right, just, especially like, with his delivery. And I was gonna say it's it's so easy in the yeah. first week. You know, if we can afford to be like yeah. to throw what I call like the try me fastballs, like all right, here it is, yeah. hit it. Bet you won't. But eventually they're gonna they're gonna start hitting that. He, as the season goes on, I noticed this last year. He needs to incorporate his other two, his slider and his changeup in there more. Like I get that. He just needs to de- develop more command his, in those pitches. His changeup is 88 miles an hour, 89. Like, and it falls off the table. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, like, I, especially if you're if you the first guy comes up and you throw three straight fastballs, throw a fastball to the next guy and throw a curveball out, or a changeup outside a little bit. Like, he he's gotta he's gotta change it up a little bit more. But I, I'm hoping through coaching and through his experience from last year, I think he'll be able to do that. So, mm-hmm. but I, I really do think Kimbrel is going to be a key piece if we, if we can get him. Like he, he will be a difference maker. I like the team's odds without him, but I, with the loss of Knievel, I think it's almost a necessity to maybe not get him. He would be best case scenario, but to go get another closer, whoever's out there, even for a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Delay. Delay. <laughs> okay, so we're we have a weird schedule while you pull this up. We have a weird yeah, schedule. Yeah, because we this also week. added a new a new service, so I need to get familiar with this. I apologize for any non wrestling fans, but it is WrestleMania week. Which means we will be doing a lot of wrestling content over the over the next seven days specifically. Um, tomorrow night, as in Tuesday night, we will be recording NXT takeover predictions. That will be its own episode. It will go up. I will put it up Tuesday night, so you'll most likely hear it Wednesday morning. That's fine. Wednesday afternoon, we will be recording a video podcast for WrestleMania predictions. That will most likely be a longer episode. Okay. Right now, there are 15 confirmed matches. Okay. Most likely going to be more. So that's Wednesday. Hopefully, we have time to do a sports episode on Thursday. We will go back to talking baseball. We'll talk about basketball. We'll probably do predictions if we can, if we have time on Thursday. And we will update you guys on Wednesday because we'll have it figured out by then. But, and I'll do it at the beginning of the episode so you don't have to listen to the full wrestling thing if you're not a wrestling fan. I get it. I understand. Uh, so we will update on the beginning of the episode on Wednesday. We'll update if there's going to be an episode on Thursday. So definitely Tuesday night, definitely Wednesday. And then Monday, we will be doing TakeOver and WrestleMania review. And then Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, we'll try to do a normal sports episode again. Wednesday, we're going to go back to be doing three-count review Raw and SmackDown. And then we'll be back to normal Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever we record that next week. (laughs) It's going to be a busy week, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lot of wrestling. So, again, I apologize to our non-wrestling fans, but this is this is Christmas for wrestling fans. So we're going to go all in for it. Mm-hmm. All right. Take us out, Connor.
<laughs> Speaking of long list. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, first round KO. Find us, obviously, on Anchor and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, <gasps> Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and the newest one to the list. So welcome to those who, who may be listening to us on Radio Public. We are on all of those platforms. Awesome. On Twitter, follow the podcast at FRKO Podcast. (laughs) Follow Kyle at Olsen2K18, right? Yep. Okay. I'm like so. It's been a week. It has. It's it's, been a a minute. It's it's been a hot minute. Follow myself at Connemore underscore seven. Three count review, the number three count review. Uh, Here we go, Yelich at here we go, Yelich. I think that's it. yeah, that I sounds actually, about right. I want to give a shout out to a dude who's been reaching out to me on tw- on Instagram and Twitter, like me specifically. He does uh, sports edits. Really? Yeah, he did a Jordan Howard one for the Eagles. Okay. Like, yeah. he, he just recently started a Instagram too. I don't know his Twitter handle, but I know his Instagram is Dan Lee FX. Yeah. So tell me about this. So how he do just? You... I mean, yeah, he just does sports edits. He he's done a couple so wallpapers you... for me. He just takes su- suggestions and he makes wallpapers of people or he does edits really? so I, I i recently when he re- out re- reached out to me yesterday i said hey i run a yellow fan page you want to make me a couple yellow edits he said yeah i'll add it to the list could uh by any chance could you tell him that your co-host would love an eloy jimenez edit for, yes, for an iphone absolutely i would absolutely love yeah, that and and he'll do it awesome well, i can show you a couple that he's done yeah sounds already. good no that's i mean so it's, it's good to have a fan of the podcast i would just new, yeah it's so good to have a new fan of the podcast also a friend of mine actually speaking of friends of the podcast uh, I sit, I sit in between him on my left and then Kelly. Uh, okay, you know Kelly. Yeah. Uh, in my physics class, he got into the podcast. He he was oh. he listened to it uh, at work last week. Said absolutely loves it and and would want to be a part of want to be in on an episode. One oh, day. absolutely. So whenever you're ready to record, Ethan, let me know. I'll see you at I'll see you in class today at three. Uh, <laughs> oh, and that reminds me. Uh, we've brought it up before, but we I failed to bring it up. Uh, Anchor has the voice messages. Yeah. So if you have if you have the Anchor app, if you want to get the Anchor app, you don't have to listen to the podcast on Anchor, but you can connect to us. You can send us questions via the voice. I was say we messages. can literally answer the question yeah. live on the podcast. You can send it to us, and we can play it on the podcast. We can answer questions. You can ask us anything. You can call us out for stuff if we have something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can be interact nice, with please. us. Yeah, like if, well, be I, respectful. You can be nice to Connor. You f- go full fledged on me. I'm. Uh, I can take it. <laughs> I mean, I can take it too. But I, I mean, know. there's a there's a there's a difference between con- between like constructive like, hey, you guys screwed it up, and then being a dick. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so. I also like fighting with people like that. So fair enough. Bring whatever you want to me. I'm all game for arguments. But yeah, th- th- there's a voice message system on Anchor where you guys can send us that kind of stuff. So. Please uh, interact with us. I think it'd be very fun to start incorporating the fans. Um, also, I don't know if I've brought it up on the podcast, but I recently created a Redbubble page yeah, for the you podcast. You have not brought it up. Have I not? I Yes, I made a Redbubble page for the podcast where you can buy uh, black and white merchandise with the first round KO logos. You can buy literally anything you want. <laughs> it's lit- It's any short any sort of shirt sweatshirt sh- there's leggings you can buy clocks you can buy bed sheets you can buy pillows you can buy phone cases you can, literally anything you want like just go to the I, I don't if you search first round ko i think it'll come up i think this would be a good part a good uh just link. point to say just put just find that link and just throw that in the description i can yeah well, eventually yeah. i'll throw the link in the description and i'll put i'll throw it up on twitter too but yeah that's a fun thing. I, if you guys want some first round KO merch, there you go. Yeah. So I think it, th- I personally think it looks really cool. I'm gonna get some stuff eventually. Podcast here, podcast growth, buddy, up top. Yeah, we're growing. Let's go. We're we growing. are growing. All right, and yeah, with all of that, with all that, <laughs> links in the description for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Next episode, we're talking NXT Takeover in New York. I'm personally excited. My girl Billy. I can't. I feel weird saying that because she's 17. Billy, is she really? She, yeah, she turned seventeen at the end of twenty eighteen. Yeah, Billie Eilish is one of the songs, so that's cool. Yeah, my boy, my my three favorite wrestlers in NXT are fighting for championships this weekend, and I'm so excited. Dude, you this, this weekend's just I'm it's gonna be I'm amazing. Ge- it's gonna be gay. I'm coming over to watch it. By the way, yes, I'm coming over. But so, anyway, yeah. So um, you know, you guys know what we're talking about then. NXT Takeover New York next episode. 
the following episode after that. You heard the man. It's Mania Week. Get it's two it's two wrestling fans who do a sports podcast. You know what you're gonna get. <laughs> so just leave it. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Until next time. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> I totally blanked out. Uh, Until the next time. We will catch you. I just want to jump from the top and fly solo Fill the hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos Acid wash jeans advancing the Ralph Polo Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa